0: Let's open our Bibles to the second psalm, to worship the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We're assembled in His name, and I salute you in His glorious name. The second psalm, as Paul refers to it in Acts chapter 13, quoted a number of times in the New Testament. Psalm 2, let's rise together and read it in unison. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It is indeed a messianic psalm. Describing his resurrection and the, f- the vain efforts of worldly leaders and rulers in Judea to try to end him by putting him to death and how all rulers ought to tremble before him today. In unison, Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves... And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Amen and amen. You may be seated. This psalm is quoted in Acts chapter 4 and applied to Herod, Pilate, and the other leaders of the Jewish nation in their efforts to crucify and get rid of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was all in vain. His Father that sits upon the throne of the universe laughed at them and mocked them and had them in derision for efforts to get rid of his son, the king. The king of the Jews, as Pilate wrote in three languages, and the Jews said, say that right instead that he said he was the king of the Jews. What I have written, I have written. Because there had been a private conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ, and Pilate showed a little backbone, just a little, with Jesus on the cross. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Verse 4 tells us most of the Christian world thinks that we're extreme, that we're imbalanced, that we don't really know the God of the Bible when we talk about Him laughing at the wicked. But He laughs at the wicked, and He has them in derision. He says, I have set my King upon my holy hill of Zion, and all your efforts to unseat Him and unthrone Him are in vain. Verse 7, I will declare the decree... The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. That was fulfilled at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, without a doubt. It may have applications to his incarnation in the womb of Mary, but this verse, this way, was fulfilled at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, because Paul said so in Acts chapter 13 and verse 33. The Lord Jesus goes on to ask for the heathen, that's you and me, for his inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for his possession. He took his rod of iron rule, and all the kings of the earth should tremble before him and be wise, because he is the prince of the kings of the earth. This psalm is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, And I want to speak further of His glory. Hebrews chapter 1. We're Christians. We're Bible Christians. The reason we're Christians is because of the Bible. We don't believe the Bible because we're Christians. We're Christians because we believe the Bible and it tells us to follow Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, the Messiah of God. Hebrews 1 is a glorious chapter about the preeminence of Jesus Christ, as is the entire book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews has one simple theme. The preeminence of Jesus Christ over and against every institution of Moses' religion of the Old Covenant. In this first chapter and the second, Jesus is being shown preeminent over the angels. The angels were a large part of Israel's past and their national history. I want to read... A couple, three verses to start the chapter and then a, three verses in the middle of the chapter because we're speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ on the holy hill of Zion with a rod of iron rule and all rulers should be trembling before Him. We should not be alarmed or afraid at what is going on politically in the world because there is a political power greater than all of them. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And He mocks their efforts against Him. And He will annihilate them when He unleashes the power that He has to enfold this universe upon itself and to melt everything and to dissolve everything as we know it, all the elements, all the heavenly bodies are going to dissolve and melt. They'll know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. It's called, in His day He shall show who is the blessed and only potentate. Let's begin at the first of the chapter. Hebrews 1, verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory, And the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion right there. I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. This is drawing from Psalm 2. Because Jesus obtained by inheritance a better name than the angels. Verse 4, being made so much better than the angels. When? When he came into this world in his incarnation, he was made a little lower than the angels. This says he was made above the angels. When? At his resurrection and then ascension into heaven. Being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance, I will give him an inheritance. Psalm 2. He obtained a more excellent name than they. And what is that name? The Son of God. When was Jesus declared to be the Son of God? By the resurrection from the dead. Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. Of the seed of David, He was the first one to be raised from the dead. And that declared Him to the universe, This is God's Son. This I this day I have begotten Thee, and Thou art My Son. And he says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, and this is a direct quote from Psalm 2, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And that's when he gained his inheritance. That's when he gained and was promoted to the throne at God's right hand. That's when God set him on the holy hill of Zion. And he has been there ever since. And he will be there forever. And they will never abolish his kingdom. His kingdom has destroyed all other kingdoms. It is just waiting for the formal execution of them all. Right, And then he will submit himself to God, his father, that God may be all in all as we have read the last two Sundays from first Corinthians 15, 28. Okay. Sitting at the right hand of God, what does he have in store for this world? I read to you verses 10 through 12 that are a quotation from Psalm 102. Right. And The Apostle Paul has numerous quotations in Psalm 2 about the Lord Jesus Christ from the book of Psalms and the book of Isaiah. Here in verse 10, he quotes from Psalm 102. And thou, Lord, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish But thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Amen and amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ is never going to fail. He's never going to change, but He is going to change the whole universe As we know it, he's going to fold it up like a garment. It's going to implode in upon itself. He controls all the particles of atoms and molecules of the entire universe. He controls every single part of them. The energy, the energy that will be unleashed to dissolve the whole universe is just a token of the power that he has. It is infinite power. We cannot describe it. We cannot imagine it. We've never seen anything like it. And he's coming to change the universe. Brethren, if I had been speaking to you in an assembly like this in Hiroshima or Nagasaki back in 1945 and I warned you what was coming, you would do something about it. It came. It came. Oh, a quiet day. Everyone bustling about their activities. Peace and safety. One little plane up there. One little plane. It it must be just doing some reconnaissance and checking out the city. One little plane up there. Let's bustle about our activities. Peace and safety is here. One little speck. One little word. From the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. will destroy this universe. And He's coming. But He's our brother. He's our friend. He never changes. He saw His seed on the cross. He sees us today. He'll see us tomorrow. And in that moment, He'll see us. And if we're living righteously, we will admire Him. And we will meet Him with confidence. He will be ours. He will embrace us to Himself and put us in a new heaven and a new earth while He destroys this wicked place and the bondage of corruption that is over all of it. This is our Savior. This is why we meet. This is the mystery of the gospel revealed to us plainly in writing.